hello. This is Angela and John. We are um, about to play you. We are History Pod this week. Um, and Angela has a confession to make. Uh, yes, I'm speaking in the third person because I feel so stupid about it. But I forgot to press record on GarageBand, which is what we record this on. And so we've only got the Zoom recording of the bits what I said. So it might sound a bit shit. Sorry about that. Um, and I also really sorry. I'm really <laughs> sorry about the sound recording quality. <laughs> All I can say is I'm in my 40s and I'm a bit crap. At it's to do with the coronavirus. Blame them, Angela. Yeah, blame that. Go ahead so, with the um, show. Engineer. Enjoy the podcast anyway. And uh, yeah, soz. Welcome to We Are History. Um, oh, John, it's the last one of the year. It's the last one of 2020. Goodbye, 2020. Good We're not riddance. sad to see the back of you. <laughs> and we thought that in the future, there will be lots of people doing histories of this year. That's right, John. So why don't we get in here first? And why don't we look at it with, Angela, a little 2020 vision? Oh, oh Thank I you. That's my that, time. That's my time. You've been great. <laughs> Well, basically, see, John, what we did, we launched yeah. a history podcast in January 2020, completely yeah. unaware that yeah. it would end up being a year worthy of appearing on a history podcast. Uh, and not just because yeah. of Brexit. We've still yeah. got that to look forward to. But obviously, it's a year that meets our remit. So we thought, well, why not get ahead of the game? Rather than wait 20 years to do yeah. a podcast about 2020... Let's do the most up-to-date history podcast there's ever been. One of our early first ones that we did, in that I think went out in January, was about the Black Death. It was. And and we, like, we recorded that in 2019 when coronavirus oh, that's had, right. was a twinkle in the eye of a virus and, and you said, I suppose the nearest thing that we've had in our lifetime is the AIDS uh, yeah. virus. And we're going, yeah, I suppose that's the closest. And everyone listening going, are you insane? Are you, have you, have you, where have you been living for the past year? <laughs> so sorry, listeners. Yes. We used to meet up. We used to meet up to our podcast, Real Angela. Life. We in we the did, same room. Didn't we, John? I haven't been in the same room as you since March. Yeah, well, that's that was. I'm sorry, I got you in my bedroom to do that. Podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> so, the oldie pandemic coronavirus of the yes. year of our Lord 2020. Exactly. It's been a year where we've all had to adapt to a new way of life, uh, including this technology. Um, mm -hmm. we're using now and I think most of, us, most of us now in this country could probably get a GCSE in epidemiology statistics and immunology we all know what herd immunity is now we all know yes. what an antigen is I've got an antigen she's Have lovely hey we all know what an R number is you know yes we all know how yeah. to flatten a curve didn't know that a year ago, did we? Thought that was to do with girdles. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some curves that could do with flattening, I tell you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. At the beginning of this year, I was in New York. And on the yeah. first day of rehearsals for our show, we all had to go around the room and say something about ourselves. And we all went around. There was about 60 people all said one sentence. And this Chinese bloke at the end said, my name is Chang, and I've just flown back from Wuhan. Ooh. And everyone... Gasp of breath, and we all burst out laughing when we realised he was joking. Right. Yes. But what was so funny was that the laughter was, oh, yes, that thing that's happening over there, mm. that'll never impact on us. Yeah. And, of course, well, a month later, it did in a massive way. Because I think we, we'd had these sort of scares before, hadn't we? This wasn't yes. the first time. Because I met around this time last year, I suppose, Christmas time, there were murmurings about this virus in China, and it was on the news. And I was like, oh, I've been here before, SARS, yeah. and flu, and bird flu, and all the others. And none of us really... I certainly didn't really believe what was going to happen until three months later. 
Oh, and I can yeah, yeah. Being, I remember walking my dog, and there's like a little dog park near where I live, and I was there, and I was chatting to one of the women in there. She was like, "Oh, this coronavirus," and I remember thinking, "Oh, calm down, love. It's just a cold. Like, just yeah, just yeah. Get really, you know, panic stricken about it." And this is sort of January, February time. Yeah, and it turns out she was right and I was wrong. I know. It. I remember my my mother my mother in law who's like eighty. She had Bridge Club in Surrey cancelled. <laughs> I said, "Oh, it's got serious now. They're not playing Bridge in Rygate, you know. You know the shit's hitting the fan." But I remember laughing about it. Yeah, and then even when so it was the thirty first of January, we had the first two confirmed cases of COVID in the the UK. I think there was some more on a cruise ship before that. Yeah. Um, but the, the ones identified here. And then a fortnight later, sort of mid-February, it was a scout leader in Brighton. He went to Singapore and then came home via a ski trip in the Alps. And he was our first super spreader, which is a horrible thing to call someone. I should know John because that was my nickname throughout sixth form. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, because I live in Brighton, obviously, yes. and the guy went to my local GP and I was walking the dog around that time and obviously it was all over the local news and everyone was talking about it on the dog walk that was all everyone you know it's come to Brighton we're all gonna get it and then I was sort of still in that you know going it's just a cold guys you know calm down and then I walked past my local GP surgery just around the corner with the dog and it was just full of people in hazmat suits and that was the first moment I went oh that's a that's a bit scary. That's yeah, yeah, that is something's going on when they're wearing those things. Yeah, yeah, that's God, that's, it's like I'm, Chernobyl or something. You know, yeah, it's never a good sign yeah. with people in full hazmat. And then he was thought to have infected at least eleven people before he. Yeah, well, that was a scary them. thing that it was like you know it infects three or four people or six people, whereas you know the ordinary bugs get one other person. So it was the yeah. scale and the speed with which this thing was spreading, and the symptoms, uh, yep. of course, were different. Lack yep. of smell. Yeah. So, I mean, coronavirus is a type of virus that already, the flu is a coronavirus. Um, yeah. But this particular one, COVID-19, had these symptoms, well, mainly a cough and, and sort of respiratory yeah. symptoms, but also anosmia, which is a lack of smell. And to be honest, even at this point, I was like, well, I live with a dog and a long distance runner, so I could do with a bit of anosmia, to be honest. Um, <laughs> a lack of taste is the other thing. A lack of when taste the, was a symptom much yeah. easier to spot this time of year, John. <laughs> when... Um, when they said that Trump had got COVID, I thought, well, does the lack of taste go back like 30 years? You look at his gold, <laughs> his gold front door. Oh, God. Talk of Trump. I think he thought that it was the 19th one. So he goes, have these guys not sorted it out yet? You've had 19 other ones. You know, it's, yeah, like, no, it's, it's the like year it. 2019. It's coronavirus, COVID disease 19 that's it well it's kellyanne conway wasn't who came out and said that and you're like no 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 (laughs) it's not that was it kellyanne conway who said that right it's kellyanne conway but who basically is trump's mouthpiece so same Mm. thing isn't it um by the end of february number of infected people in uk went into double figures um i did an episode of news quiz at the end of february john that has not aged well um, like, was, this is a load of nonsense. I was giving it all the, it's just you're bas- everyone calm down. You're basically Julia Hartley Brewer. Basically, yeah. I mean, one of the jokes I remember doing is going, yeah, sure, I'm going to change my behaviour. When I greet someone now, it's strictly no tongues. That's that's about as far as Good I joke, it's a good joke. I, I thought it was a good I joke. I wish you'd kept your Angela's all over the time. This is why we do it online now. Nothing to do with coronavirus. <laughs> um, <laughs> So oh during this period, early 2020, February, a number of COBRA meetings were held, yep. uh, the sort of, um, to discuss plans. Boris, do you know why it's um, called COBRA, Angela? Do you know why it's called go COBRA? On. Go on. Cabinet Office Briefing Room A. 
There sounds you, go. you know, it sounds Boring. really macho, doesn't it? Co- yeah, if you think Cobra's like, it's a snake. It's yeah. like a macho. It's cabinet <laughs> office, briefing Great room A. Home, Boris Johnson, unfortunately, he'd already put his annual leave on the office planner in a permanent marker. So he could Can't change quite, it. Can't change yeah. that shit. So no. he didn't make it to any of the five Cobra meetings that were held God, at that's that point. Um, first death of coronavirus in the UK. So the first death of a Brit happened on board the, uh, was it the Princess Diamond Princess or something, the cruise ship? I don't know. But the first in the UK came at the beginning of March and uh, the Chief Medical Officer, Chris Whitty, who at this stage we didn't know would become more familiar to us across this year than most members of our family. I feel like Chris Whitty is an old friend now. Yes. I've seen more of his face than I have of my mum's this year, easily. He told us that at this stage, we would be moving from the containment to the delay phase. And we all said, what's that? And he said, don't worry, you pretty little heads. Just go to Cheltenham and watch the horses and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, Indeed. And that was like 150,000 people all in, all shouting. I mean, shouting and shouting um, you know, or singing. Uh, these yeah. things are the worst, like football matches. There was a Liverpool game that went ahead that probably shouldn't have gone ahead. And these things were super spreader events Absolutely. as well. I went to see Supergrass at Alexandra Palace on the 7th of March. Wow. And at that point, I went with my friend Kirsten and she's a teacher. And we were talking about one of her colleagues at school was getting really anxious about coronavirus and we were still yeah. at the stage of going right everyone needs to calm down a bit they're getting a bit panicky yeah. you know okay it's worse than we thought but still you know let's keep this mm. in perspective but there was still part of me when I was stood in Ali Pali with thousands of people singing along to Supergrass there's a little voice in my head going I mean, if anyone here has got it, we're fucked. You know, yeah, yeah. we really are. Wow. Um, if you think about the 10 days later, the St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York was cancelled. I remember thinking, yeah. well, that is a big deal for New York to cancel that. Absolutely. Uh, the last show I did was on the 14th, Saturday the 14th of March. And I yeah. was doing a work in progress show for the show I was supposed to be taking to the Edinburgh Festival this year, which obviously didn't happen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and it was my first work in progress show of it at the Pleasance <laughs> Theatre in Islington. And I'd sold, I think, about 70 tickets, something like that. And I said to my agent that day, should I be doing this? Because bearing in mind as well, I live in Brighton, so I have to get on a train that goes through Gap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is always... Oh, my God, always, yeah. You know. um, I said, should I be doing this? And my agent was like, yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. So I got on the train and went to do the gig. And, and I got myself another gig as well. So I was doing my work in progress show, and then I was doing a late show somewhere else in North London. And I was really uneasy about it. Got to the Pleasance and only 22 people showed up. For my wow, show. that's a sign. Yeah. Um, and I remember being backstage at the Pleasance and I had some um, disinfectant wipes and I was just wiping everything. I was wiping the mics, wow. the microphone, just all the seat, everything. I yeah, yeah. Things. And the, the audience came in and it was just, there was a little bit of blitz spirit about it. I sort of at the top went, okay, we're here. We yeah. probably shouldn't be, but we are. So we'll do a show yeah. and it'll all be... And, you know, it was it was weird, but it was sort of fun. And then I got in an Uber to go to my next gig. And on the radio, they announced that the deaths had reached double figures in the UK. Okay. And I remember thinking, oh. Wow. That that's, I, yeah, yeah, is, but that's now is surreal to think that we look back at that time in March. I was in, as I say, I was in New York. Yeah. I remember going out into Times Square, which is like the busiest place in the whole of America, yeah. and it just being empty. And Times Square is never empty. Not yeah. at four in the morning, it's not empty. Yeah. Uh, we're walking across the rehearsals. We were carrying on. We Mrs. were opening. Doubtfire, we had, you were opening. Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical I was yes. uh, putting on stage. I've been working on it for years. We'd cast it. We'd had a good run in Seattle. Now we're putting it up on Broadway. We, we had three previews, which all went really well. 
full house this <clears throat> but i remember coming out in one of the rehearsals and it's like sorry in one of the uh, intervals and this bloke looking at his phone going trump's cancelled all flights from europe i'm like shit my family were going to come over for opening night yeah. oh uk accepted oh it's still on then then like no john you haven't got an idea of the scale of this thing yet yeah, like, yeah. after three after three previews they announced that broadway is going dark for 30 days it's like okay so we'll be back in april yeah and i sort of thought okay so i i packed up my uh, apartment that they set up for me I had all this whiskey and lovely scotch and, and beer and i put it in the cupboard and i said to whom am i concerned i'm coming back in a month so please don't nick <gasps> oh. this whiskey and that's probably still sitting there or some somebody's drinking it some <laughs> cleaner or something good luck to them has probably got it but yeah. i don't think we really understood the scale of it we did. And that I'm, poor little lad who was playing the son in Mrs. Doubtfire, he was about 13. His voice will be breaking now. Oh, yeah. That was, his, that was his chance, you know. Um, but I have to say, to be a writer, I'm so lucky. I feel so lucky to be a writer, not a performer. Because, yeah. you know, your your passion being on stage has mm. been curtailed. It, You've done a bit of it. Yeah. I mean, I've been one of the lucky ones hugely this year in that I've had work. Um, I've had radio work, I've had TV work, yeah. I've had um, bits of live work, but the live work is not, I mean, what I wouldn't give for just a packed comedy club right now to get I that know. feeling. Because yeah. performing but to also, people got, socially distanced is not the same and never will be. You, you've got a gig that you've been looking forward to doing for years, which was to host the news quiz. That is like a lifetime's ambition. You get to host the news quiz. Lockdown happens. Oh, we're going to do it on Zoom with no audience. Never, yeah. That's it makes really me hard. feel quite tearful thinking about it because it's <laughs> out, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter that I didn't get I to know. do a news quiz at the radio theatre, you know, or poor me. Yeah. But it was such a lifelong dream that yeah. just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know. And that's why I think it's tougher for performers than writers. I've just carried on being in my office or, you know, out in the garden yeah. just writing, and that's what I do. Yeah. So I feel like I'm one of the luckiest ones there are, really. And don't get me wrong, I'm a lucky one as well because I've got writing yeah. and I've worked pretty consistently the whole year, which for a lot of my colleagues that has not been the case, you know. So I am. Yeah. I, I remember the day the day it all went like, oh, this is, this is really bad, was it was the 17th of March, and it was yep. when I think, Boris announced that pubs and things would have to close um, right. and, you know, that, that there'd only be essential shops that sell yeah. food and stuff would stay open and nightclubs would, and leisure centres would close and all of that sort of thing. I really went down that day because it was like, well, gigs are off. You know, everything just right, yeah. went out of my your diet work, that your, day. Your work, your income suddenly dried up. Yeah. My income dried up. I had yeah. big gigs in the diary that just went, you know, um, yeah. overnight. And it was really like, oh, fuck, you know, we're screwed here. And that was my blessing to cheer me up. And my fella proposed to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, so, so that was engaged to be married. The only I'll say, Angela, that when this thing is out of the way and the virus has, you know, been contained, he's withdrawing the offer. That's, yes, that was just exactly. to get you through the year. <laughs> well, I keep saying to him, well, we're drinking so much this year because I have to keep him pissed until we've actually booked the registry office. Do you know what I mean? Before, <laughs> before he realises yes. what he's done. I mean, to well, propose to somebody in week one of a lockdown is brave. Really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I say that our our experiences. I mean, everyone's got their own story. It was a shared national experience, and that was something unique about it. That everyone was making sacrifices. Everyone was not seeing their relations. Elderly people were on their own. You couldn't go into care homes. So there was this sense that we were really all in it together. Certainly at the beginning, there was yes. that. It was very strong, I think. And let's just say as well, this is a light-hearted podcast. We're not yeah. talking about you know the really grim stuff. And yeah. And yes, there are people who have suffered a lot more than we, you know, oh, poor me, I couldn't do the news quiz. Uh, like there are people- I know, who, I know, I know, but that is a shit, that is a shitty life. thing. It is, uh, but you yeah. know, it's all, it's all um, 
what's the word? It's Call me, my, my Broadway musical got postponed. <laughs> you know, it's all relative <laughs> and we've all had a shit year. And, and in yeah. some ways that's sort of comforting in a way to go that, um, not comforting isn't the right word, but but yeah. just that that everybody's experiencing this thing to di- a different degrees. So we're not trying to make light of anything for anyone, no. but no, we're no. not going to touch on the grim stuff because this is supposed to be a lighthearted fun podcast. Um, so, so 23rd of March, Boris appears on TV to address the nation. Not quite the Churchill moment he'd hoped for, was it? No, um, no. It was very vague. They were really vague, the government, it's my memory of it. They were like not clear about what the instructions were. We, wanted, we needed some leadership, is no, my memory I'm, of we're it. We're still waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, you stay at home except for limited purposes and, um, mm. you know, shopping um, for basic necessities. Just tell us what we're supposed to do and we'll do it, is what yeah. we felt, I think, yeah. at the time. They were very slogan-driven from the yes. start, stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. Which really, okay, yeah, we get it. Protect the NHS, save lives. Just t- stay home. Tell us what to do. That's the important yeah. bit. You know, yeah. tell us what what to do and stop changing your minds about it. And do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We saw a lot more of Matt Hancock this year than anyone really needs to. Um, well, well, that's like once is more than I need to. Well, Matt Hancock looks like an apprentice candidate who's just gone and blagged too far and ended up in charge of the health service. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just does not look like, I don't look at him, it looks like an estate agent, not a man who yeah. actually, you know. And <laughs> and I think, well, that, you know, we've seen that. He doesn't, he, he's not, he's not he's a person that no, inspires no. confidence. No, him. quite. But everything was closed, the yeah. economy was fucked, and it's yeah. like, uh, how are we going to get, so sort of out of all that cast of useless Halfwits, Rishi Sunak sort of slightly emerged at the beginning with a little bit of credit, I think, just for sort Dishy of Rishi. stepping up to the plate. Dishy Rishi. Dishy Rishi. Richer than the but Queen. Richer than the Queen. His wife is. Let's make no mistake about that. It's his wife. They announced the furlough scheme. Again, yeah. I de- there's a, definitely a, a book to be written about a glossary of terms. New of, words. Who knew what a furlough was a year it ago? It sounds like a really old-fashioned word, doesn't it? A furlough. It really does. Yeah. Um, so Rishi announced the furlough scheme. We all pretended we knew exactly. Oh, what furlough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good idea, them. furlough, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, millions more people than they expected to took up the furlough scheme. I don't know what they were thinking, that people yeah. were going to not take it. Oh, no, we'll go for the alternative option of just being skint. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, it's been disastrous financial impacts that this pandemic has like the time i as a stand-up decided to be a woman you know it's that it's big mistake big mistake um (laughs) but it did just three months up so obviously we had the new government was elected just before last christmas yeah three months later it suddenly felt like we got the most socialist government we'd ever had like careful moment there but i just thought we're (laughs) Days away from Boris popping on a berry and singing "There's Power in a Union," <laughs> like, Billy Bragg, yeah, yeah CND Valley or something. It just, I mean, yes. if, if Jeremy Corbyn had come up with half the strategies they did at the start, God, yeah. it would have been, you know, yes, cut. yes. So, I mean, I mean, and there was this sense of gratitude, enormous sense of gratitude to the health service that these workers yeah. were on the front line dealing with this. Yeah. And I was heard about the clap for carers thing, and I thought, oh, I'll do that. I'll go out on yeah. my front step. And it's one of those, it's like a scene from a movie. I've never been so moved. Mm. I went out my front step and everyone on the street was clapping and banging things. Mm. And you know, went upstairs, went to the back in the back of the house. I could hear it from everywhere. Yeah. And it was, then you looked, went it, online and you saw people from Tower Blocks filming it. And the whole country was clapping at the same time. Yeah. 
I'm getting it, emotional talking about it now. It, it was like, amazing. It was amazing. I went out onto my balcony that first night we did it. It was the 26th of March, the first Galactic yeah. And I'm going out to my balcony to do it. And there's there's a main road outside my house, but then there's a row of houses the other yeah. side. And the guy opposite had a saucepan he banged every week. Yeah. But the first time I just remember there was a guy jogging past and he was just like, am I... Have, I in a marathon. Have I done really <laughs> well? Like, why is he yeah. fucking me? He was yeah. like the best run of his life that day. Well, when I well, after a few weeks, when I got used to it, and I was a bit, you know, feeling like in need of some praise, I would put out the bins at eight o'clock <laughs> on a Thursday, take the applause of the street. Look at John. Look at John putting the bins out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, My neighbours. Uh, I mean, it went insane where I live. We we did uh, eight thirty. We'd do a sing along for the soldiers at nine o'clock. Zumba for the post office. We really <laughs> fantastic. You went the whole but, lot. You know, went the whole. No, I do think. It started off as a really noble idea, and it was a Dutch expat, Anne-Marie Plass, whose idea yes. it was to to do this. But it did sort of, as it became a weekly thing, it kind of pulled focus a little bit from the actual yeah. plight of, of, you know, the PPE yes. failings, the fact that the NHS was understaffed and underfunded. I did see a cartoon of a, a, a nurse in a shop saying, can I pay with applause? Yeah, exactly. I've got a friend who still work as nurses and I've got one friend in particular in an ICU. And I remember just like after a couple of weeks of the clap for carers, he posted a picture on Facebook of him and his colleagues in all their PPE and they were yeah. exhausted. And he was like, we don't need claps. We need No, help. we need we need resources. We need and resources. Support. We need yeah. PPE. We need help. We need, you know, this is... Don't yeah. let them think that this is enough. This, this is no quiet. I mean, there was a wonderful story of some medics in full PPE gear and the poor pensioners who are like scared and frightened of what's happening to them didn't have anyone to interact with. They didn't have the medical yeah. staff to talk to. So they all put photographs of themselves on top of their PPE gear so that they could see who they were dealing with and mm. put a face to their treatment, which I thought was wonderful. It must be so terrifying. If you've got dementia, you're confused, yeah. and suddenly you're not seeing anyone's faces anymore. Yeah. These masked Because a year ago, if you now we walk down the street, everyone wearing masks, no one bats an eyelid. I know. A year ago, that would have looked like the most sinister. I always thought when when Asian people did it, I always thought it was sort of slightly rude. It's like, do you think I'm going to give you bloody hepatitis or something? Always, they always wore them. Yeah. For the other way round. I know. I know. It's my uh, uh, ignorance. It's my um, ignorance. Before I thought, oh, okay, masks, yeah. all right. It's not that bad, you know. But now it's like second nature to put on a, put a mask, you know. Absolutely. It's where you leave the house now. It's like car keys, phone, wallet, mask. Yeah, That's mask. The, and hand sanitizer. So um, 27th of March, we get to John's birthday. John's, John's birthday, birthday, the major event. What How a big party that was. We did some <laughs> Zoom drinks with friends. So Zoom was a really new thing. In fact, it might have been not Zoom. Was there another thing before Zoom? I think there might uh, have been. There was a bit, there was, um, you know, like Microsoft Teams and Skype. Or something like that. I think we did it on, yeah. I think we did it on the, we did, in the olden days, we didn't have Zoom, Angela. We used to make do with Microsoft Teams. <laughs> we had drinks with friends and it was like, hey, and I'd, I'd gone to my um, front door that morning. My mate Tim had uh, left me a wrapped up present. It was a toilet roll. <laughs> very, very, very short supply at that time so i was very grateful to get a roll of toilet paper right. thank you tim but yeah shortages at that period were insane yeah. you couldn't get flour pasta yeah yeast, i mean I, it was whatever. amazing to go down to sainsbury's local and the shelves were literally bare and it was yeah. like what can i what can i got i've come home with some parma ham and a, and a parsnip <laughs> wearing parma ham and parsnip tonight jackie Just, it's really is that all there was it is i'm stuck and it was like something out of a film you know really? that panic buying period Really? And again, thank you, supermarket workers, for keeping it all going. You Absolutely. Know, not... And delivery drivers, I think, this year God, have, yeah. have really yeah. come. I'll never slag off a Hermes driver, or not out loud, at least. The 27th of March wasn't just your birthday, was it, John? Something no, it was, uh, it was 
Boris Johnson was diagnosed with COVID-19. He always has to upstage me. It's like, my day, Boris. And it's like, no, you have to get the grab the headlines. He, but, uh, so he was he was in my local hospital at uh, St. Thomas's. Thomas's. Yeah, ended up in ICU, not on a ventilator, but in ICU. Yeah. Um, returned to work a couple of weeks later. I remember I remember someone saying, someone in the cabinet saying, it won't, it'll be a long time before he's working 14-hour days again. When, when was Boris working for? That's like saying it's going to be a long way till I get back to selling out Wembley and banging Justin Trudeau. Like, when was he doing four again. hour days again? Yes, one day, one day. Then we get to April. Everyone's on bloody Zoom, aren't they? By now, we're all learning how to talk to each other. We, and all the conversations are the same. They're all like, because I was doing it with the Americans. It's yeah. like, hi, weird times, hey? Yeah, yeah, weird, weird times. Oh, is that your dog? Oh, yeah, your dog's on your lap. Oh, that's nice to see your dog. Yeah, I've got my dog on my lap. And Ooh, what's that going on the... your wall? Yeah, yeah, that's everything. Everyone's worried about their bookcases. Everyone's tarted taking... up their bookcases. Yeah, taking yeah. down the Harry Potters and putting yeah. out books they haven't read yet. I just put a load of John O'Farrell's on my... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciated that. It was a nice um... gesture, Angela. <laughs> I do think that the Zoom revolution, I'm going to call it that. It's been a Zoom yeah. revolution. Yeah. I've done more things through Zoom this year than anything else. I've yeah. done, um, I've had parties on Zoom. I've had, and I had to do, it's true, I had to do a speed awareness course a few weeks oh, ago. Fantastic. And I, you shouldn't have to do a speed awareness course on something called Zoom. No, um, that's not a good point, good point. It's not ideal. And we've got um, a good look at old people's ceilings. But now, no, turn, the, turn the laptop a bit. Yeah. No, we can't see your face. So they're Parliament on Zoom as well. Yeah, Parliament so we Zoom. had in April, virtual Parliament was announced. Jacob Rees-Mogg wasn't keen on it but that's because he'd only just got his valet used to using the electric telephone so um <laughs> lindsey hoyle the speaker he started the session i don't know if you saw this by saying that it was the first time in 700 years that pmqs have been conducted by video link and i, I knew think what you meant, John, but there was a i know it's no simon de montfort actually i think you'll find yeah. when he first called parliament he did it on uh bebo yeah. but it, it didn't make it sound like they'd had a bash at it in 1320 yeah. but the technology yeah. wasn't quite up to it <laughs> <laughs> and I love as well, they said to avoid distractions, Parliament's digital team were asked if every MP could have the same background. And I thought, in fairness, they've managed that already in the Tory party. The Tory party, party yeah, absolutely very good. <laughs> uh, very good. I, I declare it the joke <laughs> of the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, that, with that mic drop, I'm out of here. Black Rod. Oh, yes. He to join the call, did he? Which, uh, <laughs> he's actually a, a strippogram in the West Midlands area. So, That's it. Uh, it's the one occasion on Zoom where Black Rod would like to join the call, didn't set alarm bells ringing. I do think that if we're looking, you know, a lot of people, and we'll come on to this in a minute, the old conspiracy theories, but a lot of people yeah. blaming Bill Gates for the I think you need to look at the guys who invented Zoom, personally. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones who made the money. <laughs> I think they're the ones who have done best out of this year. So we have a virtual parliament by yes. April. And then also in April, our friend Hancock announces, not Tony, uh, Matt. No. He announces they'll be doing 100,000 tests a day by the end of the month. Oh, Spoiler that's alert, good. They're not. No. I mean, they sort of fiddled it to look like they did. So basically what happened, by the 28th of April, they were doing around 40,000, 50,000 tests a day. Right. And then suddenly, on the last day of April, they did 100 and something thousand tests. So he met his target, except he didn't really. 6th of April, momentous day, because that is the day, John, that Captain Tom Moore oh. starts walking around his garden to fund the NHS. Yes, that <laughs> is a sentence that makes sense in 2020. I was quite shocked when I saw the headlines at first, because in my house, 100 laps around the garden in Bedfordshire means something very different. But I don't um, know what that is. I don't get that joke. You don't Sorry. get that joke. No. I love it. 
Lily, ask Lily, my, she'll, oh, she'll explain. My naivety. Um, so, naivety. yes, this, this was a man who was approaching his 100th birthday and got sponsored and made millions of pounds for the NHS. Fantastic. Um, which was absolutely amazing, and he's amazing, but it did, again, sort of let them off the hook a little bit, the government, going, oh, we yeah, don't need yeah. to worry about the NHS now, this old dude's sorting it out. I mean, next week, they've got to be doing a fun run for the Department of Work and Pensions. It's never it's never squaddies in need, is it? It's never, it never... <laughs> uh, we need you to do raise money for these nuclear weapons, so no. could these children all sort of make paper chains? <laughs> so, um, April also saw the start of, or, or the sort of rise of the conspiracy theories, the rise of the COVIDiot, oh, yeah. as they're yeah. known. Um, there's suddenly conspiracy theories have made this link between the rollout of 5G and COVID-19. Coronavirus. I think that's why we ended up with a PPE shortage, because these idiots were putting their masks on their Alexas. Um, <laughs> you know, and... It, I mean, let's just make this very clear. 5G uses radio waves. COVID-19 is a virus. They are not linked. Right? I'm not being am- going to be ambivalent, right. ambivalent about this. This It's nonsense, right? And if you believe it, it you're you, wrong. You study the science. Study the science. You're wrong. Uh, apparently, three in every 10 Americans believe that coronavirus was made in a lab. But then again, three in every 10 Americans also think Lucky Charms are one of your five a day. So, yes, you know. Michael Gove had to come out and say that these theories were dangerous nonsense. Which, oh, no. So we have to yeah. agree. We have to agree with Michael Gove. Yeah. Put us oh, in that God. position, I hate, which I hate is doing unforgivable that. of making me agree with Michael Gove. Yeah, then there was the PPE scandal, wasn't there? Rachel, Rachel Reeves saying lots of firm who offered to produce PPE had heard nothing back from the government. Yeah. And they, their mates got it. It was basically it turns out know- giving contracts to people with no experience of supplying PPE. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they placed an order in Turkey that got lost and then it arrived and then it was the wrong stuff. They had the opportunity to be part of the EU ventilator scheme, but the government missed the deadline because they, quote, didn't get an email. I mean, it was just embarrassingly bad. As it turns out, as we found out later, like you say, they'd given all the contracts to their mates, basically. I think, wasn't it one of Matt Hancock's old neighbours or something got a PPE? Right, he probably owed him. He lost his video camera, so he had to pay him back somehow. Let's get to May now. So there's another televised address with Boris Johnson, and he begins to outline his plans for a phased exit from lockdown. And this is where the slogan changes, John, um, to the the very precise and, uh, you know, understandable, stay alert, control the virus, save lives. Stay alert is a good one. Stay Stay alert, alert. stay alert. Oh no, because I wasn't being alert before. I was. Yeah, well that's the old 70s (sighs) thing, isn't it? Be alert, your country needs alert. Needs you, yeah. (laughs) I was just walking down the street with my eyes closed. Exactly. It's crazy. Um, Stay alert. What's that supposed to mean? It's just it so vague. It's absolutely nothing. Uh, and the thing was, in all of this, you know, we are, we're starting to wear face coverings and shops and yep. uh, social distancing when it's, you know, um, public transport. You love your mask, don't you? I do love my mask. It covers my face. We said that I'd wear full hazmat if it meant I didn't have to brush my hair, John. 13th of May, I think they opened the garden centres and golf clubs, which I think um, shows uh, Middle England was their, was their front and centre of their concerns. <laughs> Remind me again, John, do we have a Tory government? Is that right? I can't We're, I can't we're opening up the working men's clubs and the bingo <laughs> halls. No, no, it's the garden centres and the golf clubs. Um, oh, Jesus so back to, to a track and trace will be in place on the 1st of June. Spoiler alert, it won't be, not really. Um, They announced quarantine measures. So people arriving in the UK will have to self-isolate for 14 days from the 8th of June, which is basically what going on holiday to Britain is. If you come to Britain, your holiday basically is sitting in a and b in Blackpool staring at the rain for two weeks. So not much different, really. I think the the government around this time have announced their five tests, 
right? yeah. which means that lockdown can be eased. They are, can the NHS cope? Is there a consistent fall in the death rate? Is the rate of infection falling to, quote unquote, manageable levels, whatever that means? Yeah. Are the supply of tests and PPE meeting demand? And are we confident that any easing won't lead to a second wave? John, uh, you'll be surprised to hear those five tests got changed a bit. Got oh, tweaked God. a bit. They had a colour coding, didn't they? It was green, orange, red, and dark red. And it was just like the Nando's hotness. So it was. Oh, it was, it was like, scale. oh, God, we're at Perry Perry now. That's oh, a disaster. Jesus. Where's but it? I, That's I mean, it. I do understand they loosened the five criteria over time. Yeah. And I get that because when I was internet dating, it's amazing how quickly is it financially independent becomes does he have any nectar points? You know, you do <laughs> you do adjust. You do. You, may, you, you accommodate the whole thing. Um, I, all so, this time, the whole country, the whole country are making massive sacrifices. We're not seeing our relations. People are yeah. staying at home. They're giving up Kids jobs. Kids are being homeschooled. Which, Kids being schooled. So, I mean, know, massive year, impact. If nothing else, this year has really, really made me thankful for my decision not to have children. Right. Yeah. Well, um, mine are grown up, so I'm lucky in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, to homeschooling and things like that. It was proper sacrifices all around. I saw a, a, a footage on Twitter of a bloke who had, a plasterer who had worked, set up this whole thing in his garden of a polythene sheet around a frame just so he could give his mum a hug you know with sleeves Uh, yeah Yeah. and this is the level that people were enduring this crisis all together all obeying the rules all doing the same thing did this apply at the top of the government angela well is that a place to take a break i think we'll take a break here and i (laughs) think i I need to go and do um uh, have an eye test so i'm going to get in my car and have a quick drive up the a1 and then we'll come (laughs) back and talk about what happened next we'll see you after the break see you after the break Welcome back. We Hello. are in, um, I mean, we're in December 2020, but we're in May 2020 in our podcast, John. The magic, um, the magic we, of our podcast. The magic of our podcast, indeed. <laughs> On the 22nd of May, the Daily Mirror and The Guardian, they published articles about a certain Dominic Cummings, uh, chief advisor to the prime minister, man who looks like Moby in a hall of mirrors. You know the one. Yes. Um, he had breached the government's lockdown rules in relation to a trip he made to Durham. It's not down the road, is it? It's not down the road, John. <laughs> it is up a very long road called the A1, yep. um, in which he put his toddler in a car uh, with his wife and drove to his, his parents' home in Durham and then uh, made a day trip to Barnard Castle. Yes, and he said he was in a different. He was in his parents' garden. He was in a different house. He was in the cottage in the garden. In the cottage something we in the all garden, do because we've all got a cottage we've in, all the garden, in, in our parents' place in Durham, Brown Castle. Oh, that makes it much more. Bear yeah. in mind, we were all told if you did have a holiday home, you weren't allowed to go to it. Exactly, that and you're all just not allowed to travel from across the country for non-essential. You know, and his spreader. excuse was that he had symptoms, his wife had symptoms, and they wanted childcare for their child. Like. Literally thousands of other people in the country yeah, wanted that, yeah, but knew yeah. that it wasn't allowed and didn't do it. And in fact, I, I think some people have got fined for doing exactly what he yes. did. Yes. And it um, struck a nerve, didn't it? Right across the country. Really, Everyone was, it really damaged the government and it wouldn't go away. People were really angry about it. Yeah. And people were very angry that he kept his job, that Boris Johnson yeah. didn't sack him. But of course, Boris Johnson could no more sack Dominic Cummings than Blackadder could sack Baldrick, really. It was the same sort right. of relationship. On the 25th, so three days later, Dominic Cummings appeared at the press conference in the Rose Garden, 10 Downing Street, sat at a trestle table, about to judge the biggest marrow competition. 
it kept us waiting for ages. Do you remember? I was, oh yeah, I kept it. It was like there were alarms going. So, some a big alarm went off, and I thought, oh, it's a lying, it's the lying alarm before <laughs> yeah, it's even started. That's right. I'd um, forgotten about that. The alarm. It did. Yeah, I remember that. And and he was, it was like you know, his whole excuse. He just said an account of what he did. It, there was no sense. I'm sorry, or I did bad. You know, it was like it was. Then I decided to go to Pizza Express in Woking. Yeah. It was like it, it he, was not good enough. No contrition. No no sort of. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. None of that at all. Because I, I think to somebody like Dominic Cummings, to admit failure is weakness, to admit you're wrong. So just didn't. And of course, Boris Johnson made a statement that he, in his statement, Boris Johnson, he said that Dominic Cummings followed the instincts of every father, which I think is rich coming from a man with all the paternal instincts of King Herod. Unbelievable. I don't want to hear about Boris Johnson following the instincts of every father. He's got, he doesn't even know how many kids he's kids got. He's got exactly. <laughs> he's the only person in the country, when you ask him how many children have you got, has to start the answer with the word approximately. So <laughs> this really marked a turning point in the year yeah. as far as compliance was concerned, because I think a nation went, we have sacrificed so much this year. Yeah. We've not seen our loved ones. We've not travelled anywhere. We've not been to work. We've not done all these things. And he gets away with this. So yeah. fuck the rules. And I think yeah, yeah. At this point, if anybody was, um, you know, not sure of the science, not sure at this point, they went, well, if he can do it, I can do it. I don't know if everyone did, though. That's what's amazing. I think a lot of people went, well, I'm still going to follow the rules because I think we need to obey this. Certainly in our household. That's the point where, well, yeah, yeah, I think in a lot of households. That I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like Dominic Cummings, I felt. I, I think that, that was the case for a lot of us. We did continue to follow the rules and not want to be like Dominic Cummings. But I think for a lot of people, and we have to remember, remember this is a government the majority of people voted for, did think, oh, well, it can't be that bad then. You know, right. I think there was a lot yeah, of no. people that, that their compliance did slip and they might have been yeah. compliant in some way, but maybe just not quite as conscientious and did let things slip. And, you know, I think it did mark a turning point in what people were prepared yeah. to, to do, you know, to give up. Around this time, the government trained up a load of people to be contact tracers, um, which I can't help but think of them as being like Oompa Loompas, these thousands yes. of... My right. friend, actually, was one of the people that trained up as them. And and as with pretty much everything else, it was a bit of a disaster. So they recruit these thousands of people, but don't have the resources to train them all properly. And at one point told them to look up how to deal with grieving families on YouTube. Oh, that's good. The idea of the contact tracer is that if you... Because at this point, we didn't have the app. We'll come to the app in a bit. Yeah. At this point, if you've got symptoms, if you've got a positive test, you were supposed to ring this number, let people know, and they would find out from you who you'd been in contact with, and they would contact them and tell them they needed to self-isolate. Um, for any contact tracers listening right now, I'll make this easy for you. Uh, my contacts in the last year have been my dog, my fiancé, and the bloke in Asda who restocks the Ben and Jerry's. That's it. But obviously this was relying on a lot of compliance from people to actually phone the number in the first place to tell people they've got symptoms. I don't know about you, John, but... When a doctor asks you how many units a week you drink, you know, we, we're oh, not one or two, one or two. So I don't think anyone's going to be telling a contact tracer, oh, yeah, no, I licked the bus driver this week. You know, I, I just don't think it was a robust system. Yeah, but system, that was yeah, the only yeah. system we had at that time. 15th of June, non-essential shops reopen in England, along with zoos, safari parks, places of worship. Safari um, parks, I was missing them. I've been oh, missing yeah. safari parks. I can't go a year without a monkey ripping off my uh, aerial, that's for sure. Um, nor should I be expected to, John. It really yeah. taught us a lot about the British people, I think, when things... Oh, yeah. And people yeah. queued for hours to get into cost I, of coffee. I was, I was uh, driving back from my mother-in-law's, where she's inside our bubble, on the uh, 
A24, there was a massive, massive traffic jam. I thought, what's happened here? There must be some terrible accident. And it was the queue for the drive-in McDonald's that week. And it was like, it went back a mile. I'm not telling you. People are like, oh, I haven't had a Big Mac for several months and I've and got to have one now. goes to prove, John, that we as a nation do not deserve nice things. <laughs> I know. Later in June, the government is forced to perform a U-turn over its tracing app. Uh, they originally, this app was due to, to arrive at the 1st of June. It didn't. Yeah. And the problem they had was that they wanted to use Apple and Google. Yeah. Apple and Google weren't keen on the government having access to data. So the government said, well, we won't use you then. Um, yeah. I mean... I do think it's a bit rich from Google worrying about share. I mean, they know I need a new hairdryer at least six months before I do. Um, They They know everything about us, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that sort of horse has bolted. But the government eventually had to go, oh, it turns out Apple and Google are the ones who can actually get this done. So we'll have to back down on that. So now the app we're promised at the beginning of June, in mid-June, they finally struck up a deal with Google to, to do it. So we're getting nearer, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, 29th of June, Leicester goes back into lockdown. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, which was a real sort of... Was yeah, that, the oh, no. Of that's the first about. time. Yeah, it's the first time it felt like a backward step. And that's, of course, what has happened for the whole country now. But back then, it was like, oh, no, I thought this was one-way recovery, you know. Exactly. So it was a bit of a stammer. Exactly. But on the 4th of July, John, things started to look up. On the 4th of July, they reopened the pub. They could be open from 9am or something. I thought, 9am? Yeah, that does yep, me. It's actually, it actually my wife's birthday, but I won't be there, Jackie, because I'm going to be down the pub at 9am. <laughs> Not just the pubs open, Angela, but and restaurants. Because what did we do, John? We eat out to help out, which is not as yes. fun as it sounds. Um, I don't want and- Tory ministers saying you should eat out. That's <laughs> no, not- definitely not. Don't want to hear that. And that, John, eat out to help out didn't backfire at all did it i mean the worst thing you could do is sit opposite someone in a table and breathe and share food it was a terrible idea i understand what they're trying to do i mean i've got like, some lovely cheap meals out of it I yeah yeah it, half price i did it as well but we I, ate outside actually i only went inside a restaurant once and i went with a couple of friends and i didn't particularly enjoy it because it was just weird yeah and they had these big perspex sheets between all the tables which was great yeah. except one of them fell on me and my friend as we were eating dinner oh no <laughs> so fell on. but you know restaurants bless them were really i mean again they're desperate weren't they we clapped for the nhs we've clapped for everyone but i'll tell you what people working in pubs and restaurants were doing a sterling job this summer like our producer like our producer himself spike Spike. well done because it was tough but they might get a free pint of beer out of him for that (laughs) i'll tell you what i really like a bit of table service uh, yeah, no. Do you know what? That thing of you don't go out to the bar, you sit down, they keep bringing you beer. Yeah. Well, let's make that permanent. I'm up well, for that. Get an app. You don't even have to talk to anyone. Just go, I'll have a beer, please, in an app. And then it magically appears. It appears. Yes. Yeah. I'll have some That's the that. future. Absolutely. That was um, actually how pubs were. If you remember our railway podcast, pubs yeah. used to be table service before they got so busy with the with the, with the, with the coming of the railways. That's right. That's right. Let's go so back we're going to back that, to the old days again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, this is a bugbear of mine, John. Uh, one of the buzzwords of the year is staycation. Everyone going, oh, we can't go on holiday abroad. We have to have a staycation. Right now, I'm categorically stating a staycation is not when you have a holiday in Britain. That is just a holiday. A staycation is when you stay at home and you do day trips and things, but you don't you, go anywhere. Thank right? you, caller. We're actually um, talking about the, um, the uh, vaccine so test, but we, we appreciate your call. I, no. I grew up, I never went on holiday abroad. You're listening to LBC and on line seven. I think she's still there. (laughs) I'm going to talk over you, John O'Farrell. I'm not having this. I'm really... Oh, we're back to Angela, who's called in again about staycations. (laughs) Angela, you rang in yesterday about staycations. You've still got more to say about it. (laughs) 
But it's true though, John, isn't it? My whole childhood was holidaying in Britain and I had lovely holidays. I've never been abroad with my parents. I think you've really nailed down the main point about this virus. Never mind the thousands of deaths. It's the wrong use of the word. I will feel my job here is done. Of course, lots of rural locations, they started to get overwhelmed with visitors. Yeah. uh, summer um so they you know had to try and discourage all the townies from coming in although i think people don't realize that all those big signs that are up in villages saying if you're not a resident turn around and leave they have been up since 1972 (laughs) um but yeah that was our summer lots of people suddenly discovered camping john some of us have been doing it our whole lives but yeah Yeah. no they're all contrived poverty that's what my dad always called it contrived poverty (laughs) i i used to do a bit of material about camping and saying i don't think it's a holiday if you're in something shitter than your house yeah it's true that's what my dad was saying it's a good point yeah um, so yeah, the poor kids getting all their exams, algorithms exam downgraded. Was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're from a poor area, you get worse exam results. Well, so. exactly. If you happen to go to a school that wasn't great, but you were doing well, you got yeah. downgraded because they couldn't possibly believe you could have done that well. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so it was really affecting working class kids. Uh, yeah. As it always fucking does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. and, and the middle class it, it ones, middle class people like me who sent my kids to the local comp. Spike, our producer, and my daughter, they would have been downgraded just because they were, you know, a South London um, non-selective school. So mm. all the all the middle class lefties, they would go, yeah. "This is outrageous." We've had we paid for tutors. Well, don't get me starting on people paying for tutors. That's another that's another reason oh, I'm gonna no. call you LBC. Staycations. It's if you are a middle class person who can afford tutors and you tutor your children to pass the eleven plus or whatever, then yeah. you are taking that place at that school away from a kid who deserves it. And what anyway. do you think about staycations? <laughs> Anyway. Okay, so we get um, into September. What's we're, we're into September now. September's so exciting. This, forward. this is where human trials start for Oxford University's vaccine, which yes. we now know is they've sort of done it. They've finished it. Yeah. I know, I, now, I should look. It's great they've come up with a vaccine. They are sort of trumpeting their 70% effective vaccine. And I do think, John, that sounds great until you go, if I told you I was a 70% effective babysitter... <laughs> you know what I mean? There's 70% chance I'm not going to set fire yeah. to your house. Yeah. The the Pfizer vaccine, the other vaccine is 95% effective apparently, but that's difficult because to Oxford to transport. It just it's like the comedy industry, John. You can be shit as long as you went to Oxford. That's uh, <laughs> I know. Um, you know, it's well done vaccine, great. But you don't have to keep telling us you went to Oxford. It's like, yeah, exactly. You know, oh. Steve, um, my my uh, daughter's boyfriend, he tweeted out that actually it was at Oxford Brooks, but it just yeah. was Oxford because it saved its parents being embarrassed. <laughs> Lovely. But no, I, I think it's up to 90% isn't it, Oxford in its defence. I'm slightly it, proud. I'm that, being mean. I'm, being I'm slightly mean. proud that there's a British vaccine. They announced they're going to order hundreds of thousands of doses of the Pfizer. Given yeah. the competency of Boris Johnson, there'll probably be 100,000 bottles of Tizer rolling up and down <laughs> the street. Well, I think they could be, because Pfizer also uh, make Viagra, and I think there's some hilarious sitcom mitzaps awaiting. <laughs> to happen there so um, oh my god don't give that to Boris Johnson no because the last thing he needs to be serious a minute for the Oxford University one I don't know if you saw the interview with is it Sarah Gilbert the the lead of of the team it's incredible and and one thing she explained and I do think there's a lot of people nervous about the vaccines and I understand people being nervous about anything that involves you taking you know having an injection or whatever but to anyone who is saying they've rushed it or whatever 
she very clearly explained, and I thought it was really interesting, that the reason vaccines usually take so long to develop isn't because the actual process takes so long. It's because applying for and getting the funding takes so long. Oh, OK. So each stage of vaccine development, you have to find people to test it on. You have to find premises in which to do the work. You have to get the funding, apply for it. You're in competition with loads of other people for the funding. So you might have to try several times. That can take several years on each stage. Um, You know, so it hasn't been because for this vaccine, all the funding has been made available. All the premises have been made available. All the people have been made available. Right, right. So that is what is kept... Why yeah, they but I just, so I just don't want I just don't want Bill Gates controlling my body, Angela. That's all oh, it is. You know. Bill Gates. For a start, anyone who's worried about being tracked by tech companies is too fucking late for that. If you've I got know. a mobile phone, you are newsflash <laughs> already being tracked by tech companies. There's that 90 year old woman who got the first one to got the virus, and uh, Mark still tweeted. It started already. She came running up to me and said, "said Kill David Icke and also buy Microsoft Office at seventy nine ninety nine." That's right. I mean, honestly, Bill Gates, if you want to know what I'm up to, feel free. It's, yeah, it's, really on, it's on my computer already, yeah. But it's exciting as the vaccines start to look like they're coming through. Looks like there's a way out of it. Doesn't mean that the virus itself is showing any sign of dropping off quite the know, opposite. just yet. Quite the opposite, uh, yeah. There's a new variant has been uh, yeah. identified and it's, it's mutating and all those things. Yeah. However... Things are looking up in terms of vaccine, like you say. I'm more hopeful than I have been for a very long time that my wedding will actually happen next year. So that's great. Be- Gonna wear your mask, Andrew, at the wedding. Wear my mask at the wedding. Oh, I'm going to anyway because I can't afford a makeup artist. So as we get to the autumn, universities are reopening, aren't they? And well, universities reopen and then gradually have to lock their students down in. Yeah, residence. Like, so Manchester turns more like cold. It's prison. Isn't it was it? It's just like, terrific. And I, yeah. I feel for them because you know. John, going to university is a rite of passage. It's not just about the learning, is it? No, it's about learning not. to be independent and it's about going off the rails and making all the mistakes in a sort of relatively safe way where, yeah. you know, and, and to not be able to do that. And particularly, I mean, they're doing all their teaching online. Imagine paying nine grand a year to be taught creative writing over YouTube. Do you know cool. what I mean? It's just... Yeah, I could start teaching that. That's a thought. <laughs> I'll charge eight grand. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I really feel sorry for uni students yeah, not yeah, getting the yeah. uni experience that, that they should be. Um, rule of Six came into force in September, uh, which is twice as funny as comedy's Rule of Three. Absolutely, Rule of Six. Um, <laughs> no one really knows what it is, the Rule of Six. Something to do with yeah. meeting indoors, outdoors, eating scotch eggs or something. I don't know. Scotch eggs, yeah. I bought a couple of scotch eggs just so I can sort of, you know, keep them on me at all times so I can have a beer. I love that. When they announced for this latest tier system, that if you're in tier two, which I am, um, yeah. and you're now in tier three. Oh, no, you go into tier three tomorrow. As we're yeah, right. tonight I'm having some friends around, yeah. But um, <laughs> in tier three, you know, in tier two, so you, this is where we can have a drink in a pub as long as we have a substantial meal. Yes. Yeah, all you have to do, right? If any, if any pub proprietors are listening, it's really simple. All you have to do is make your food so bad that people will always leave some on the plate and they'll never finish the, the meal. Yeah, I think that's most pub food anyway. I say Weatherspoon's <laughs> once again way ahead of the game on this. Yeah, um, yes. Now we're in our three-tier COVID system. We had another lockdown in uh, November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my birthday happened. I feel like we can't have a podcast without mentioning my birthday. Because yes. And what did you ask for your birthday? You asked for a new president for the United States. That's I the did. only light of this year. I did. Halle, you said to me, you said to me, John, could you fix it for me? I said, I'll see what I can do, Angela. But I did some tweets that Trump was bad. And what happened? <laughs> It's not out yet, John. It's down to my tweets. He's still clinging on. Do you know, yeah. I find it 
well, I mean, Donald Trump has that sense of entitlement that only the son of a yeah. insanely rich people can have. But hanging on where people clearly don't want you. And I can't even stay at Starbucks after I've finished a latte because I feel a bit like... <laughs> embarrassed you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so... Um, yeah. I mean, th- th- again, this is for another podcast, but the whole Four Seasons landscape thing... Like, <laughs> Fantastic the, comedy. The uh, best yeah. thing that happened this year. The presidency the of Donald thing. Trump might be okay, a, an episode for us one day. I think. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I love yeah. It. So we're into very recent times now. This is the, the history pod doing like yesterday. Yes. Um, so we're now, as we're recording this, it's the 15th of December. You'll be listening to it just before the new year um so by the time you listen to this we will have probably had our five fuck it days of christmas yes that's what they call the official like oh Um, we're just whatever just do whatever you're going to do anyway yeah i love i don't know if you've read the guidelines for christmas they've said right you can have family around but here are the things um like you can play monopoly but i think you have to use contactless or something i don't know Um, (laughs) contactless monopoly but my favorite thing was they said that you can do carol singing but you mustn't face each other and i thought who are these people who were belting out (laughs) christmas carols into each other's faces like power ballad duets who was doing that and um so now the vaccine has been rolled out we've had our first old people start to get we won't get it for a while no, I'll um, get it before you, Angela. That's fine. You'll it. get it before me. That's true. Um, <laughs> but we'll get it eventually. And if anyone's wondering if I'll take the vaccine, yes, I will. Um, oh, that's a celebrity endorsement. That's yep, a celebrity endorsement. <laughs> Angela Barnes, she's been on I Mot the Week. take the vaccine. I say, fuck it. I'll even take the Russian one. I would. Yeah. And apparently it's much less invasive because they just send a bloke around your house and smear it on your door handles. Oh, so, God. Um, <laughs> and the award for the good, good taste joke. joke. That. that is a good, that is a good that's joke. That's a good joke. Come on. Um, <laughs> Very so good. yeah apparently um i think piers morgan's going to be one of the first celebrities oh, that's a great role model great oh, role model and they're uh, having um, these vaccine celeb endorsements i think they should just get bill gates to yeah, so, do it like really mess uh, with the conspiracy uh, thing. yeah uh, if, if it's doing it for me on telly i'd suddenly start going buy microsoft stuff buy microsoft yeah. stuff <laughs> well it's been a terrible year it has uh, but uh, hopefully you know we're British and we find the humour in things. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, people, um, I have to say, humour and uh, people looking out for each other. A hundred, yeah. hundreds of thousands of little examples of people getting food for neighbours, people looking out for one another yeah. and sort of realising that we are not alone. We all, we're all in this together. It's been sort of the inspiration to take from it all. I think life will be changed afterwards. I think people won't yeah. commute five days a week. They'll be able to work from home sometimes. Absolutely. I think people realise the value of friendships and meeting up and how important that is. And I think things like, you know, in central London, now i think house prices will go people realize they don't need to live in london yeah, um yeah. to work and things like i think it, there's going to be long reaching yeah. consequences some good some bad but we'll cross those bridges when we come to them yeah but thank you scientists thank, thank you, you scientists. scientists for your work thank you nhs workers absolutely and delivery drivers and shop delivery drivers workers and well just everyone podcasters history, funny historical historical heroes, I think funny historical podcasters. podcasters that have got us through this difficult year <laughs> Do you know, and I this think, has been this is the end of our first year on We Are History Pod. So I think we should say thank you for listening and downloading. Please continue to um, tweet us at We Are History yeah. Pod. Please continue to review us because that really helps. Please give us five star reviews, please. Yeah, spread so, the word. Spread the word, not the virus. 
not the virus. Yeah, you can yeah. spread the word, but just not directly into people's faces. Thank you to our producer Spike. Yeah, Spike's a hero. Thank he heard the he heard the Christmas one last week, so he knows that gifting actually is upwards. So he's going to get <laughs> us a present. Um, I bought him a present, John. And oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, well, I'll get him you up today, didn't I? I'll, I'll get him out. I'll get him some TV license gift vouchers. <laughs> the best, the, the fun, the funnest present you can give. Um, We're going to so take yes. a, a little break, only a little one. Um, yeah, so um, we'll up, why don't you we'll just back. go back to the beginning? You'll have forgotten the Profumo yeah. one by now. Just go back and listen to that. There are other podcasts on 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 the internet. Apparently, We're there not are the one, and we always let's say hello to our lovely friends at the Crash Bang Wallop podcast because I think yeah, they're very supportive. Companion podcast to us, and I, I know we've got a lot of crossover listeners, and um, and they're really funny and really good. So go and listen and subscribe to Crash Bang Wallop. Um, no, but also subscribe to We Are History Pod. Yes. And, um, yes. And don't we... tweet at We Are History because that is some poor band that keeps that John keeps accidentally tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're reforming now because of that. <laughs> All right. We have a have great, a fabulous New Year. Whatever you're and doing, and we'll see you in 2021, everyone. We will. Hallelujah. Bye. Bye.